welcome to the weekly sermon podcast at the Cowboy Church of Ellis County. Good morning. In case we haven't met, my name is Matt Sosby. I'm the family pastor here. It's funny because I get introduced when, when some of y'all are introducing me to someone else. I'm introduced as so many different things. I'm introduced as the youth leader or the youth pastor, and, and I'm not that guy. Uh, Josh, uh, come on up here, buddy. I want to introduce to you Josh, and uh, I'm going to tell you, Josh has been, uh, if Miss Rebecca's out there, she, you can send her up too, because I'm going to show her off a little bit. There she is. She's already turned red, embarrassed, aren't she? Didn't tell her about this. Miss Rebecca is, is working with our children also, and uh, I'm not the children's leader, and I'm not the youth leader, but uh, God has put together a neat team uh, to minister to our children and to our youth, and I just wanted to acknowledge them and uh, tell them they're doing a tremendous job, and uh, I appreciate you guys. So, had some pictures for you of our of our youth and children, but uh, I've I've thrown Wes so many curveballs that he's I think he's probably struck out. I don't know, but um, that's all right. I would just wanted to acknowledge it. These guys are doing a good job. When you see them around campus, oh, we're going up here, huh? This is our youth ministry in full bloom. Uh, it's called the Ranch House Youth, and uh, we call that building over there Ranch House, the one that you guys um, built for our young people, and they are loving it. They're even taking care of it. Can you believe that? They can't clean the room, but they're taking care of that building, I think because they're scared of Billy. And here's our, our, our kids, and uh, on Wednesday night, we have Junior Ranchers, which is for our fourth, fifth, and sixth graders, and... Um, we got a lot going on for our kiddos, and I thought since it was Family Sunday, I'd show these guys off and show our kids off. You might even see your picture up there if you're a teenager or a kiddo, so there you go. All right, now I want to introduce you to one of our kiddos. Thank you, guys. Hey, Hammer, grab your, grab your banners and everything over there. I want to introduce you to, to a buddy of mine. His name is Cade Nolan. If you hadn't met Cade, he's a pretty, pretty neat youngster. <clears throat> and I met Kay the first time at camp when I first got here. He insisted that I call him Hammer. So if I call him Hammer, you know why. He, that's his nickname, right, Hammer? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I asked him to bring his, his heifer. He has a prized heifer, and we're going to have a picture of her up here in a second. But uh, he's got a... Yeah. World champion. She, she's pretty, isn't she? She looks good, even, even better than you, I think. Yeah. Wow. wow. So, Kate, I, I asked you up here. I got a microphone. Dang it, I know. You don't, you don't want to be on the microphone, but you're, we all, those of us who know you know you're not shy. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> I'm going to take these, and I'm going to show these off. So here, uh, you, got, you got a buckle. It says Audubon uh, Junior Showmanship. You got a lot of junior showmanship buckles, don't you? Um, Kate, I'm going to let you hold that. Cade's known for being one of the best showmen in the ring. He does a great job uh, setting up his animal and uh, sticking her. And by sticking her, I mean setting her up just right, scratching her belly. Isn't that what you do to calm her down? Getting her feet just right to really show her off, yeah? And she, she set up really good there too, isn't she? Yeah. I wouldn't mind eating her, but that's not her purpose, is it? <laughs> Now here we got one, a TLBT, 
Junior show, another show, junior showmanship. This was at the Fort Worth Stock Show. Yeah. Really nice. Now, did she win this? Um, actually, this is with one of my steers. Okay, nice, nice. You've had a lot of success with your cattle, haven't you? Yes. Yes, you have. So, this girl here, we're, we're going to bring her in in case you didn't know. We tried to bring her in, and, and um, she's not saved yet, so she's not ready to come to church. So, y'all pray for it. No, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. She, she didn't like our carpet is, is what happened, and she just said, no, I'm not going in there. That's, that's, not my, that's not my pasture. That's not, not even a barn. So, um, But youngsters, if after church, if y'all want to go by and see her, she's going to be right out here. Don't run near her. Walk up and talk to Cade and ask Cade, and he'll, he'll, he'll show her off for you real good. Cade, I want to ask you a few questions, okay? Um, how long have you had this girl right here? Three years. Three years. All right. So I guess how old was she when you got her? A uh, couple months. Couple, so yeah. she's just a calf. Yeah. And you, you've raised her to look that good, huh? That's impressive. Um, and has she, she won any shows? Um, she got, she got reserve at Fort Worth okay. and at State Fair. Very nice. Very nice. Now. I, I said we wouldn't eat her, and why won't we eat her? Because she's a heifer. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we eat the steers. Okay. Okay, yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> we can do that. Now, why wouldn't we eat her? Because what, what, is she, what has she got growing in her, in her right now? Another one of her. Another one of her. <laughs> yeah. She's going to reproduce, isn't she? Yeah. In fact, she's set to calf uh, in January? January, yeah. Yeah, she, so she's, she's bred. She's going to have, and who, who's she bred to? Uh, velocity. Nice, and he's a he's a really nice bull. So you pick that bull out to to have her baby, so it produce a really really nice show calf. Yeah. You hoping for a heifer? Yeah. Yeah. I like yeah. the heifers. Yeah, me too, because they reproduce, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for coming. Thanks for sharing your cow. I'm sorry we couldn't huh? get her in the door, and uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about her in my sermon. Is that okay? Yeah, that's fine. All right. Thank you, sir. Set this down. You can set your banners down right over there too, okay? Oh, he said, "What about my buckles? You ain't keeping those, uh-uh." That's funny. Well, I, I do want to talk a little bit about Cade's heifer, and uh, but but first, I really really want to talk about God's word, and I want to use that heifer to kind of illustrate. Uh, what we need to be doing as a church and what we need to be doing in our families and, and really um, what, what the goal is. And that's what I want to talk to you about today is what's the goal? What's, what's the purpose? And um, I want to read for you out of Psalm 78. Psalm 78. I'm going to be reading verse 4 through 7. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, Chris, in case you weren't watching your watch, he went a little long. Well, I harassed him about it uh, for, for preaching so long. So now I got I to gotta keep it short today. Otherwise, I'm going to get it right back. So Psalm 78, starting in verse 4, this is what it says. We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about His power and His mighty wonders. For He issued His laws to Jacob. He gave 
his instruction to Israel, he commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children so the next generation might know them, even the children not yet born. And they in turn will teach their own children. So each generation should set its hope anew on God, not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. If you have looked around over the last five years, even ten years, you've seen a major shift in our culture. You've seen America um, almost take a nosedive, if, if it were, as far as morality, as far as uh, what's acceptable and what's not. We've stopped calling sin, sin, and we've stopped teaching truths and, and even morals um, as being absolute. So, I want to look at these scriptures and see what we, as Christian families, as Christian parents, as Christian grandparents, as Christian children, should be doing so that we won't fall uh, for what the rest of the world is falling for. Verse 4 here says, We will not hide these truths from our children. We'll tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about His power, about His mighty deeds. Uh, The first thing I want to talk to you about is keeping the main thing the main thing. Um, Families, if we're going to lead the next generations in God's way, we must make Christ the center of everything we do. Christian parents, Christian grandparents, hear me. We need to move Christ to the center of everything we do. It needs to be the main ingredient in what we're cooking up. So many times, and perhaps I'm I'm guilty as well at times, of setting Christ to the side and putting so many other things first. He has to come first in all that we do, in all that we say, in our conversations, in everything we do. You know, um, we just celebrated Reformation Day, a day where we celebrate Martin Luther nailing the the thesis on on the church doorsteps. And in case you didn't uh, realize that, that that happened October 31st. And every October 31st, we celebrate Reformation Day. And um, some of the reformers who came after Martin Luther uh, wrote this. And I I may butcher it, but this is as good as a cowboy can do Latin, okay? They wrote, Sola Christus, Sola Fare, Sola Gratia, Sola Scriptural, Sola De Gloria. And here's what those words mean. And it needs to become our mantra in our Christian walk. Those words mean this, Christ alone. Our faith alone, grace alone, Scripture alone, glory to God alone. I'm afraid in American, even in American Christian homes, we've put so many things instead of Christ alone, instead of faith alone, instead of grace alone. I remember... 
um, I would hear this pretty often in, in sermons as a kid growing up, and I, I remember it still today. And, and this is what the pastor would say to, to illustrate, and he heard it in a poem one time or on a plaque maybe, and some of you may have this plaque. It says, only one life and soon it will pass. Only what's done for Christ will last. Think about that. How busy are we spinning our wheels doing this and that and the other, uh, building all these other things instead of realizing that all we do should be for His glory. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying you need to be religious all the time. I'm saying everything we do should be Christ in the center. That means that we can play soccer, kiddos. We can play soccer, but who do we play for? Do we play for the coach? No. Do we play for our parents' approval? No. Do we play for the glory of God? Yes. We can, we can rodeo. And um, we can team rope, Chris. But when we get a good head and we get a good heel, we need to stop and say, glory to God. And when we miss, because sometimes we miss, we say, glory to God. It's okay. I gave God my best here. Christ needs to be the center of everything we, we do as families, as, as believers. Number two. Truth must be elevated. Look at verse 5 in this psalm. It says, For he issued his laws to Jacob. He gave his instruction to Israel. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to our children. Truth must be elevated. Where do we get truth from? From God. Where do we get truth from? From His Word. Parents, grandparents, your kids need to see you open your Bible other places in the church house. Grandparents, you too. Your Bibles need to be opened and they need, the kids need to see you pouring over the Scriptures. They need to hear you reading the Scriptures. They need to understand the value of God's Word. God's Word is rich. And we need to teach Scripture to our kids. Biblical truth needs to find its way into the, the forefront of our conversations as we're driving down the road, as we're, as we're coming and going. God's Word needs to be spoken to our kids. It needs to be read to our kids. It needs to be... I taught. When I'm going to pick on Chris a little bit here, but when we were looking for a youth minister a couple of years ago, um, we were discussing. I don't guess we're supposed to discuss everything that happens in our staff meetings, but I'll I'll tell you we were discussing finding the right the right person to be our youth minister. Well, Chris does an amazing job keeping us centered on the fact that we're Cowboy Church and we're not First Baptist Church. We're not, we're not another church. We're, we're, we're different on purpose. And he said, here's my Chris Maddox impression. Now, Matt, this is your hire now, but, but I'm going to give you two words. Cowboy Church. If you see Chris, it's just two words. 
And I smiled and I said, I hear you, Chris, I hear you, but I'm going to give you two words. My two words are going to supersede your two words. And he goes, oh, I said, biblical truth. I said, we're going to find somebody to come in and teach truth. I'm done seeing kids entertained. And parents, we're guilty of entertaining our kids to death. And if we're not careful, we're going to entertain our kids to hell. Biblical truth needs to move to the forefront of everything we do in our lives, and they need to see it modeled. They need to, to hear it read. They need to... Am I making my point? I go on. I remember as a kid every morning, getting up, getting ready, rushing to, to catch the bus, and my mom sitting at the, the, the table... And uh, she had several things every morning going for her. She had her coffee with her Tupperware creamer and her Tupperware sugar container. You know what I'm talking about, some of you. She had her coffee. Uh, she had her cigarette, because back then it wasn't bad to smoke a cigarette, but she had her cigarette. And um, she had God's Word open every morning. And... Uh, she had a black, she and my dad shared a black Bible. Every morning it was open. And she was reading, she was writing. And uh, man, that's rich. She modeled what it looked like to be in love with God's Word. So, are you modeling for your kids, for your grandkids, just how important God's word is, and parents, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot straight with you, and I'm I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you I'm guilty of this sometimes myself. We elevate the wrong things many times for our kids. We show what's important by our actions. So when we get all excited that they that they hit the baseball past the dirt, and we jump and we scream and 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 uh, we talk about that all week and we neglect God's Word all week, we're telling them that baseball is more important than, than God's Word. Um, when, we, when we skip a month of church to go to, to rodeos or to, to stock shows, we're telling our kids that those things are more important than being a Christ follower. God's truth must be elevated. For he issued his laws to Jacob. He gave his instruction to Israel. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children. It's a command from God. Not a suggestion. Not a, hey, mark this off your to-do list. Make it part of your life. Number three. Teach in a way that the student can become a teacher. Okay? Now follow me here. Um, one, of, one of the cool things that, that I got to see this weekend is um, my son gets to show with, with Hammer, with, K, with Cade. And uh, a bunch of Longhorn kids get together and, and they, they go to these shows and, and they, they show their animals. Well, my son started about a year ago and uh, he is now teaching other young showmen what to do in the show ring how to set up their animal, how to, how to hold the head just right, and how to make sure that the feet, the front feet aren't forward or, or their, their feet are just right, they're set up. 
He's now teaching what he's learned. Well, if we can do that for cows, can't we do that with God's Word? In fact, it, that's how it should be. Look at 78.6. Psalm 78.6, it says, So the next generation might know them. Know, know them what? Those truths, those commands. Even the children not yet born. And they in turn will teach their own children. If the only Bible teaching your child is getting is at this church once a week or twice a month, because you take a Sunday off, I predict your child will even fall away from the faith. Hear me, and I might, I might be coming on really strong, but this is, is a passion of mine, is that we teach our children in such a way that they begin teaching other people. One day, parents, if you got little ones, hear me, one day your kids are going to be grown and you're going to have grandkids. And I've not had grandkids, but every grandparent I talk to tells me it's so much better. And they seem to like their grandkids even more than they like their kids. You hear all that laughing? That's grandparents laughing right there. Well, guess what? If that day's coming, don't you want to teach your kids in such a way that they teach these truths to their kids? And they teach it in such a way that, that your grandkids teach it to your great-grandkids so that when you're far out of this world and you're in heaven, you're part of that great cloud of witness watching your legacy. And you see believers from multiple generations here on earth serving the Lord. That's point four. Our legacy depends on it. Verse 7 of this psalm says, So each generation should set its hope anew on God, not forgetting His glorious miracles and obeying His commands. Each generation. I don't know how much longer God will continue to let the world go. I, I don't. Um, I look around and think, surely the Lord's going to come at any moment because our world is in such a state. But we need to be prepared in case he doesn't. That our, our, our kids and our grandkids and our great-grandkids and generations to come will hold on to truth. That they may not perish, that they might know, and I, I mean really know, the salvation of God. Know who he is, know his word, and live it out in their life. In 1994, I went to the Fort Worth Stock Show. And uh, my ag teacher entered me into the calf scramble. Well, being a big old stud like I am, thank you for not laughing, I caught a calf. I put, put the halter on it, drug it to the center of the, of the rodeo ring, and um, I got a $500 check to, to buy a show cow. I was excited. So I started looking, and you can't buy a really nice show cow for $500 anymore, but you could buy a decent one back then. And um, I found Miss Beautiful Black Angus, BK Duchess was her name, and I uh, began to, to learn how to show and uh, how to fit her hair, how to comb her, how to do all that fun stuff. And I, I went to the stock shows, and when I was all done uh, with that year of, of showing, 
sad to say this, but I put her out in the pasture with Dad's other cows. Just the regular old bull that we had out there um, who wasn't registered. Um, he bred her, so her calf sold it at a sale, probably 25 cents a pound. And um, that's pretty much the end of my show, my show animal, you know. That's, I think we sold her when I went off to college so I could buy books. And um, if anything, maybe, maybe those books, no, I didn't read the books in college I bought. So, no, it's, it's pretty, much, uh, pretty much wasted. Um, that's kind of a sad story, isn't it? Think about it. If, if I'd have had the foresight, if I'd have planned ahead and, and realized what I could have done, I could have, could have um, taken her to a really, really fine bull like Velocity, and I could have put her in the pasture, she could have calved and uh, maybe had a heifer, Cade, and then I'd have had two, I'd have had a cow and a heifer, and from there I could have just continued a really neat breeding program, and, that, and that's, that's something um, that we're doing with our longhorns right now, and it's really fun to watch uh, my 17-year-old uh, study and look at genetics and see how they work and, and pair up his heifer with the right bull so that he can have a, a good beef program, a good, um, so he can grow his, his, his program. And uh, I'm glad because I want him to have something uh, that'll last. Well, the, why am I talking about cows again? We we're talking about God's word. Well, I'm going to tell you, parents, a lot of us, if we're not careful, we'll fall in the same trap. And we'll raise our kids, we'll bring them to church. Grandparents will um, we'll teach them until that day they finally repeat a prayer after somebody. And we bring them up and we dunk them in the baptistry. And we say, all right, check mark, my kid's going to heaven. And then we set them loose uh, and send them to liberal colleges and uh, liberal schools where they're indoctrinated by every kind of doctrine and they fall away. It's like putting a nice show cow out in the pasture. We've got to be careful. We have to ground them in the Word. We have to elevate God's Word around them. We need to model it. We need to show them what it looks like to treasure God's Word instead of seeing it as a burden that we have to do and check off our list, but, but to feast on it. Cade, what would happen if this calf that, that, that your, your, your mama cow here is going to have in January, if you, you know, weaned her and put her out and didn't give her good feed, would she look as good as this girl? She wouldn't. He's saying no. Feed's important. Feed on God's Word. Elevate truth. Teach your kids in a way that they're going to be able to reproduce. Why? Because our legacy depends on it. I'm going to show a video. I went back and forth about a dozen times, and um, this is a guy named Paul Washer. And he's going to tell a story about Alaskan cowboy, but I want you to hear... I want you to hear him because I think he's going he's to say something that, that he can say much better than I can. Let's play it. 
walk around. They have no fellowship with Christ, no desire for godliness, no seeking of God, but they believe themselves converted because one time in one of our churches they prayed and asked Jesus to come in. That's true. Now let me share with you, I have 45 seconds left. One of the greatest moments of my life was a few clicks south of Alaska. Some of you may have heard this story. But a man, as soon as I got up in the pulpit, about 25 people, a man walked in, giant of a man, saddest human being I've ever seen in my life, and he came and sat down on the front row. I immediately just stopped and started preaching the gospel. After I finished, I went down. I said, sir, what's wrong with you? What is wrong? He pulled out a manila envelope, and he just showed it to him, and he said, I just came from the doctor. I'm going to die in three weeks. He said, I've lived out in the bush working on a working cattle ranch all my life. You can only get there by riding over the mountains or taking a float plane or something like that. He said, I've never been to a church in my life. I've never read a Bible. But one time I heard someone talking about a guy named Jesus, and, and I do believe there's a God. I've never been afraid of anything in my life, and I'm afraid because I'm going to die, and I don't know what to do. Now, I said, sir, for the last 45 minutes, I have preached the gospel to you. The good news of what God has done for sinners in Jesus Christ. Did you understand it? He said, yes. Now what would have most evangelists done at that moment? Would you like to pray and ask Jesus to come into your heart? But this is what he said. Brother Paul, I understood it. I mean, anybody could have understood it. But is that it? Is that it? I understand it now and I pray a prayer and that's it? And I went and started explaining repentance and faith. And after several minutes, he looked at me and he says, I just don't get it. I said, look, you have three weeks to live. I have to leave tomorrow morning. I'll cancel my plane ticket and I'll stay with you for three weeks until you die. Either you're saved or you die and go to hell. So let's begin. Listen to me, if you're thinking about being an evangelist, don't think you're going to preach to a whole bunch of people. When they come forward, you pawn them off on everyone else to do the counseling and you go to Denny's to eat. And glory in all the decisions, most of which were just decisions and no one got converted because most of those people won't come back to church next Sunday. Now you understand, like Leonard Ravenhill used to say, now you understand why I preach in a lot of churches once. But I looked at that man, I said, sir, faith cometh by hearing. Let's go through scripture. We went through scripture for over an hour. Every promise, Old Testament, New Testament, on and on. Just laboring until Christ be formed. We prayed some more, we read some more. Another hour goes on, it's getting late. I said, we're staying here, this man's dying. And then after, I don't know how long, we got back to one of my favorite verses in the Bible, John 3.16. And I said, sir, I'll never forget, because he had that Bible on his, on his legs, my Bible, and those big old hands of his. And I said, sir, let's just read through this again. He said, we've read through it so much. I said, sir, your life depends on it. And so he looked down, that big old man, and he goes, okay. For God... So loved the world that he gave. Oh, oh, 
I'm saved. I'm saved. All my sins are gone. I have, my hands are clean. I, I have eternal life. Oh my, I have it. I'm going to heaven. I said, sir, how do you know? He said, haven't you ever read this verse before? Do you see the difference? I, people say, are you against evangelism? I say, yes and no. I'm against your kind of evangelism. I hate it. That run men through, grab a little ticket, just like you were waiting at some government office for them to renew your license. Grab a ticket and go to heaven. We will be responsible. We are called upon. When I want to preach in meetings and people, this is what I do. I don't give big altar calls and stuff. I say, look, it's, it's over. If God's dealing with your heart, you come to me. We will sit here all night. And if someone professes faith in Christ, then what do I do? I don't go, oh, you're saved, you're saved. I tell him this. I said, listen, if tonight you have truly repented and believed in Jesus Christ, you have become a child of God, but this is going to be the evidence. If you have truly repented unto salvation, you will continue repenting unto salvation and growing in repentance. And if you have truly believed, you will continue believing. None of this flu shot stuff. I don't want someone walking up to that person 10 years later. They're living an ungodly life and someone witnessed to them and they say, oh, don't worry about me. I done did that. I done did that. I've heard it from people who claim to be believers but are living godless lives. I, I could preach just over his sermon, but I won't. I'm going to let it be yours. Parents, grandparents, we are responsible to teaching these truths from God's Word to the next generations. Let's pray. Father in heaven, it's my prayer. It's my, my hope. God, I want more than anything else than your word to, to impact our hearts today, to change our lives today. And the way that we're relating to our children and our grandchildren and those who need to be taught your word. Lord, I pray that we won't be a church who settles for just getting numbers in the baptismal trough, Lord, but that we would be a church who truly disciples and equips the saints and, and sees people through to true salvation. God, I pray we do that through modeling what it looks like to truly be yours, to truly follow you, and to truly be all in in the Christian faith. Lord, I know we'll, we'll slip and uh, we'll, um, we'll mess up from time to time, which is why we have your grace. But Lord, I pray that we'll live our lives in such a way that even that grace is modeled in front of our kids. Thank you for the children in our church, for the teenagers in our church. God, I pray that you find us faithful. I pray for the children and the grandchildren, some grown even, in the lives of our church, Lord, that they may see your grace, that they may see 
how important your word is, that, that parents and grandparents will continue to teach, even into adulthood. We praise you, God, for who you are. Holy Spirit, we ask that you encourage us and guide us as we do what you call us to do. We pray this in your name. Amen. We'll have some men, white shirts, some ladies in blue shirts at the back. If um, God has touched your heart in any way, we want to talk to you. I will also be out at the welcome wagon. The message is yours. Go and be doers of God's For this sermon and many more, check out our website at www.cowboyfaith.org.